This person is dangerous. Everybody's really concerned about it. She's killed twice. I had felt that somebody had been there. Adrian Fields remembers watching the news about the murders of Christine Vu and Wendy Prescott. The year was 1996. Adrian had a strange feeling wash over her. When I seen it on TV, I just had this just crazy feeling like I'm next. I just knew. I just knew it. I couldn't explain it. Vu and Prescott were murdered that year. They were strangled and left in their bathtubs at the Peachtree Apartments in Arlington. Many in the city were in fear. The news was so disturbing, Adrian moved out of Arlington to Grand Prairie. But I told my friends, I said, I'm moving because he's going to get me. I just had this crazy feeling that he was going to get me. On October 26, 1999, at 3 in the morning, her worst nightmare came to life. I hear, swish, 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 swish. I turned over slowly, and as I turned over, here's this guy with a stocking on his head and running towards me. At the time, she didn't know it was this man, Dale Chenette, the same man who killed Christine Vu and Wendy Prescott. He said the devil keeps making him do it, and then he told me, he said, you're not like the others. And that's when I realized he'd done it before. She didn't know him, but he knew her. He knew my name. He, I'm like, oh my God, how does this guy know my name? That night, Jeanette raped Adrian for two hours. I said, but Lord, please forgive me of all my sins. If I have to die tonight, Lord, I just want to go to heaven. Remarkably, Jeanette walked out of her apartment and never looked back. On the inside, I was a wreck. On the inside, I couldn't sleep at night. I was up all night. Check the window, check the door, go upstairs, go downstairs, check the back. She had no peace until police called her over a year later to say they had caught Dale Chanette. And I remember thinking, I'll finally sleep now. Chanette was executed on Adrian's birthday, February 10th, 2009. The day of my birth, he lost his life. So it's time for you to live again. This year, she started ministering and telling her story. You don't have to feel like you're alone. And you don't have to feel like life is over because of the things that happened to you. It may have taken her decades to heal. She is talking now. That I'm stronger than I've ever been before in my life. She wants us to do one thing. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> okay, so last episode of our local cases mini series. Sad. Yes, yes. Hmm. And um, this one, our bartender has got a little treat for us, but let's introduce real fast and taste. Hello. It's Elena. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> this is outline of a murder. <laughs> All right, so what'd you what'd you get? Okay, so this is extremely local. This is a TX Whiskey Pecan Old Fashioned. Highly recommend going to their distillery, which is in Fort Worth. And it's their recipe found on their website. And it is definitely our um, staple. Okay. When it's supposed cheers. to have a pecan? Uh, cheers. No. Like you guys did the other I did uh, pecan uh, uh, simple uh, uh, syrup. Mm. <laughs> I tea, please. love it. Here. 
Well, eat your chair. Mm, it's delicious. That's really good. It has alcohol all over it. Do you want it? Sure. You... Do you want the cherry? No. And by the way, Old Fashioned should have the appropriate cherries, not those bright red. And what it's got of... a little bit of a spice. Mm-hmm. What kind of cherry? I think that's those? the, well, that's the whiskey, yeah. Mm. Um, Marnachino, maybe is what it's called. Aren't those the red ones? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Those are... Marchetto? Almost said Pistachio. <laughs> pistachio <laughs> cherries so not a cherry that you would put on a sunday these are very specific They're very dark, dark. yeah That's so good this one this one okay all right so the last local case we're gonna do is the bathtub killer which right. uh me and mom drove out to arlington and i'll have the video because i took video of where the apartment was located now i don't know which apartments the victims lived in, but we got the general vicinity, and it used to be called Pear Tree, and then right across the street were the Plum Tree Apartments, and uh, so we'll have that on there. Um, it it was, was sort of creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was surprising how busy and how big the apartment complexes were, because like I was telling you before we went live, that you, it... Like in the descriptions, it sounds like it was just a small little like duplex area with maybe a courtyard or something. No, it's a big mm-hmm. complex. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was, uh, and I'm assuming now, I mean, it didn't look like it was a, a neighborhood that I would be worried about. But at the time, it was very, very safe. So they had a lot of um, school teachers that lived there, you know, mm-hmm. just starting out, just out of college. And I also had at the time uh, a large Asian population, which it looked like we could still see. There was lots of Asian restaurants Stores, um, and establishments. Or mm-hmm. whatever they're called. So um, anyway, I've got all of that on there and yeah, outlineofamurder.com. But the bathtub killer, uh, this started in September 17th, 1996. And... The boyfriend, Thang, let's see, Thang Koo, and I've got a picture of them. Let's see. Let me pull it up for you. Okay, so there's Thang Thang Koo right there. Uh, He um, was at the apartment uh, in the morning, and his longtime girlfriend, Christine, that's her in the picture, age 25 she uh, had gotten ready that morning for her her teacher you know job at a, at a local elementary school and he got there i think i don't remember if they lived together or if he was just visiting but she was getting ready and you know he could hear her moving around you know and um cooing at her dog caramel um making a bagel and then she came out of the bedroom oh he was still asleep she came out of the bedroom, kissed him goodbye. He smiled, and then he went back to sleep. Then Thang left after Christine. Um, I don't know if he had a job. I think he did. But he came home around 5.30, and the door was locked, which was unusual. And uh, mm. so he thought maybe she's in the, the bathroom. So he just stood outside her apartment and had a cigarette. And then he banged again, and she didn't answer the door. So he walked to a payphone, you know, because back in the day, not everybody yeah. had cell phones, right? Do you need to describe what a payphone is yeah, just so in case? A payphone right. is a contraption that is usually <laughs> attached to either a little box thing that you could talk in 
or on the side of a building. It has a phone. Surrounded by glass. It had, yep, you have where you can put coins in there to make your, your call. Now you can use, I guess, credit cards. Yeah. yeah. But he went to the payphone and he called her twice to try to get a hold of her. Nothing. So he walked back to the apartment and this time the door opened. Oh. And he I walked. I bet he didn't live there then because if he didn't have a key. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just staying the night there. Mm-hmm. He stayed mm-hmm. there regularly. Yeah. Um, so he walked in and he didn't see Christine. So he's like, okay, maybe she's in the bathroom. And he found her nude, beaten, and bruised body submerged in a partially filled bathtub. Her Interesting li- it wasn't locked. Uh-huh. Back. Uh-huh. Her lips were covered with duct tape, tape, and her hands and feet were tied with it. She had been raped and strangled. So he's in shock, you know, which I can't imagine. You walk in, mm-hmm. and you see that, and you're not going to think preserve the crime scene or anything no. like that. You're just going to be like, I got to get her out of there. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. He got her out of the bathtub, and he carried her into the living room, and then he realized that his girlfriend was being murdered while he waited outside. Oh. Mhm. Because the killer obviously left the door unlocked. So I'm thinking that the killer was inside, the mm-hmm. door's locked, and then, you know, he's standing outside waiting, and then when he went to the payphone, that's when the killer left. So he's probably watching to see mm. uh if he was still outside and then he took off. Um so I can't imagine what that felt like for the rest of your life. Uh, or maybe she was already dead. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, with the apartments, if they would have been able to hear, like, if she was strangled, um, did she fight off? I mean, she definitely had bruising, so there was probably some type of, you know, physical violence that might have made some noise or strangling once that process starts. But at that time, a lot of people were probably gone to work. Yeah, exactly. Or just arriving and not mm-hmm. hearing anything. Um, now, Christine was smart, sweet, and a tomboy. She was born in Vietnam in 1971, and she came to the U.S. with her family when she was four. She was the second oldest of five kids. She was 12th in her high school graduating class. She was in the National Honor Society, and she had graduated from Texas Tech University, which is over in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. And um, she had begun teaching third grade at Morton Elementary. Morton sounds familiar. It has to be in Arlington. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a Morton, Texas. I think I started yeah. school there, but it's a small oh. little town. Okay. So I bet maybe there's an elementary that's named Morton in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um, her students were extremely upset that she um, was gone because she was very encouraging and she was very calming Aww. with the students. Oh. And uh, so they planted tr- two trees in her honor. Aww. Two trees. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, but she Precious. looks neat, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's So that that's a thing. And then there she is. And I feel like they look a little familiar or similar. Thing and her. Oh, well, maybe that's her and the brother. I thought it was. No, no, I think it's her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. Where she has her arm around him. Or I guess that. Because mm-hmm. if it's a brother, I doubt she'd be embracing him is like that, that. Yeah. I'm going to have to get another drink of this. <laughs> Is that a picture with other people? Because it looks no, on the I left. No, it's a professional. Okay. Maybe. Now, 
um, one of Christine's sister sisters was so scared after the murder of Christine that she refused to take showers or she hated taking showers and she no longer planned to attend the university of Texas at Arlington. Thang lived with anger from that moment on. I don't know if it ever went away. I don't know if he ever was able to get over it, but the last that I could find on him is he fantasized about finding the killer, cutting off his arms and legs and feeding him through a tube until he died which was obviously very specific thoughts Whoa! and very revealing as far as how angry and if he was ever caught by thing, he probably would have done that. Do you know his um, ethnicity? Uh, No. I mean, obviously Asian, um, but I don't know if he's Vietnamese as well. I'm just, and the only reason I ask, because I wonder if that perhaps would be like a common previous um, torture technique in oh, their culture. Maybe a culture Because that's deal. unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty specific. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I, it would be effective like and I, I can't people, blame him. If you have a specific plan for how you're going to do something, <laughs> you're probably going to do it. You know, and so whenever someone's violent and they're telling you specifically how they're going to kill you, it's probably a good sign to get away. I wonder yeah. how his life went. I don't know. That. I tried to find information, but you know, when you're part of a case, I'm sure they don't uh-huh. want anything to do with talking about stuff. Some it helps, like the BTK, mm-hmm. that man that he discovered his parents and his sister and brother killed, and he would oh, go yeah. on shows and yeah. talk about it. And it felt mm-hmm. he felt better. It was very therapeutic for him, where the rest of his siblings didn't even want to mm-hmm. talk about it. Uh, now. Um, he also told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram in an interview that he was, quote, not the person person Christine knew anymore. Oh. So he just was angry. He was no longer, you know, the same. So that's really sad. Life, didn't mm-hmm. it? That's sad. Now, at first, he was a suspect. You sure. Know, which I could see. Yeah. You take yeah. the body out of the tub and, you know. But he was cleared. Now, the next victim... Okay, so just... To kind of give you an idea of what was happening at the time, and I talked about it in the video. So you've got the first murder, and the residents are nervous, but they're not like, oh, you know, people That's are getting killers killed off. out. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. was it the boyfriend? Was it a stalker? Was it a jealous lover or something? Yeah. You know, so they're not too concerned until Wendy uh, was killed. She was 23, another resident of the Pear Tree Apartments. Oh. She lived only a few hundred yards away from Christine, but they didn't know each other. And uh, Wendy was scared after Christine's murder, and she thought about moving out, but she figured that the killer wouldn't strike in the same place twice. Right. Right. So she decided to stay until her lease was up, and then she was going to move. Mm -hmm. Um, And that didn't happen. Um, She was discovered... Let's see. Uh, she was discovered in her bathtub as well. She didn't have any visible external injuries and there were no signs of a struggle. A steel bat that her aunt had given her for protection was behind the front door untouched. There weren't any signs of forced entry. And the only witness was a neighbor that heard thumping about 30 minutes before she was found, which was around midnight. So the first murder took place September of 96. When did this one take place? Uh, you know, I feel like I'm missing part of my notes. Okay. Um, not long. 
Not long okay. at all. Okay. Um, hmm. But it is weird that I, because I'm missing some of that information. Now, I think what happened is she was going to go Christmas shopping. So it must okay. have been around Christmas time. Mm. So if we have, um, okay, so September 17th was the first murder. December, I know for a fact, or at the end of November was the second. Okay. Because um, she was, Wendy was very close to her family, and they were going to go Christmas shopping the next day. It, and it sounded like a, a tradition. You know, they would go every year together, her and her sisters, and I think maybe a couple aunts. And when she didn't show up, the family got really worried because she was very responsible. She communicated well with her family. And they had tried, you know, getting a hold of her. So they all drove over to the apartments and her uncle found her in the house. Door was unlocked. In the bathtub. Yeah. Oh, the door was unlocked. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the bathtub. Same. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You'll probably have it. Oh, no. Go ahead. The same naked rape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The same MO. Strangulation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and again, on this one, she didn't look like she had any visible injuries, but the, the fact that. Uh, the, like, there's no sign of forced entry mm-hmm. is interesting. Mm. So the first thing I would have been doing is asking the people that work there. Yep. Because only certain people get keys or yep. a master key to all of the apartments. That just makes me suspicious. Or it was someone that was there regularly that both of the ladies had to know, even though they didn't know each other. Or, and or service techs. Yeah. Like it had or, to be someone they recognized yeah. or maybe they were dressed in a uniform. Yeah. Or just trusting because in 96, she had her door unlocked. Yeah. Well, she didn't have it. Unu- well, the, the first, first one. one. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't unusual just to open your door to anybody. Mm-hmm. I yeah. used to do that in the apartment. I just but the second the door. she was scared, I don't think she would have had her door unlocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Well, yeah. She could. I mean, he, he could have knocked. She just opened the door. Maybe. I don't know. I would definitely feel someone either in the service industry or an employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, you're right. I mean, if she, like, almost two months have passed or a, a little over, maybe, you know. Let her guard down a little. Yeah, maybe. her guard's down and she opened the door. Maybe she Christmas, was expecting yeah. someone. Christmas, um, yeah, Christmas. But, yes, definitely no signs of forced entry. So that caught my attention right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They said that Wendy was warm and exuberant and the, quote, ringleader of her family. She loved <laughs> reading, shopping, and acting. Acting. She wanted to be on Broadway, but she instead um, went to Grambling State University in Grambling, Louisiana. And she was going to move away to attend college there, um, but her siblings told her not to move because she was too friendly, too trusting, and too fragile, which we'll get into in a little bit. <laughs> Move back to her hometown to go to school. So she decided okay. to attend classes at Tarrant County Junior College. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. TC, T, what are they TCC called it back then? Now it was, yeah, uh, it was TCJC. Yeah, was TCJC. that it? Okay, yes, TCJC. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, so she attended, attended school there. She worked odd jobs, and then she was hired as an edna, uh, educational aide at Irma Nash Elementary. Oh, and here it is. Um, Okay, so here's what they were planning to do. I thought I had it somewhere. I was like, man, did I delete a whole page? So she loved spending time with her family. They had all gone to Six Flags Over Texas, Mm -hmm. the 22nd, to celebrate Christmas. 
Then they had a family night the 23rd, which was the last time anyone saw her, and they tried getting a hold of her the 25th but couldn't. So she had plans to meet her half-sister the next day on the 25th, and then when her family went to her apartment bringing the spare key, um, they found the door was unlocked, so like the first one, Mm -hmm. and then her uncle went inside, found her nude uh, face down in a partially filled bathtub. Her hands were bound around her, uh, bound behind her back, and duct tape wrapped around her ankles, mouth, and neck. And she had been raped and strangled. So I'm wondering if he's putting them in the bathtub to try to For wash noise. away evidence. Oh, yeah, and it'd be more because it was early in the days of DNA, and they can't move around in the bathtub and fight as much. Well, that would make it hard for him too, though. So if you're in the you're strangling the water, well, I don't know. Well, I mean to type, taper up and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So the waters or the well, first of all, let's get real quick because I bunny trailed on the Six Flags part. That was um holiday in the park at uh-huh. Six Flags. Yeah. Such a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um. So partially filled bathtub. Would that wash away DNA? It may have back in the day, as far as any external DNA. Um, but that was a new technology still mm-hmm. back then. So I'm thinking that maybe he thought it could. To me, if you have semen, it's going to be inside. Mm-hmm. Second, if you put them in the bathtub, any hair and fiber evidence is going to be in the water. So unless he rinsed mm-hmm. them off first and then filled the bathtub. But even then, you'd be taking a big chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only thing I could think of is he was stupid enough to think that if he had them in a partially filled bathtub, maybe it would harm the evidence. If that was the reason for the partially filled or bathtub. Or it could have been a fetish. You yeah. Know? And there was no water found. There was straight mm-hmm. strangulation. Nope, they were strangled. Mm-hmm. Good question. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, no, they didn't have any water well, in the Well, yes, lungs. I'm filled with them. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously... The police spot similarities. Mm-hmm. The location is a huge uh-huh. one. Um, but they also noticed demographics. So age, gender, and occupation. They noticed no signs mm. of forced entry like burglary, robbery, or ransacking. So that tells them that they, whoever killed these ladies, went into that apartment to do that. Mm-hmm. And then they also um, felt that the perpetrator knew the victim's routines and was probably waiting for them to get back to the apartment, which tells me this, you know, like technically a serial killer, it used to be three or more. Um, they have lowered it to two. Um, but the fact that he is stalking, he's picking out his victims, that tells me he's definitely going to keep killing. Yeah. And know, both doors were unlocked. When mm-hmm. he left. Um, they both died from man- manual strangulation and found in partially filled tubs. And there were the same fingerprints at both crime scenes. Oh, fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Yay. And the same semen at both scenes. Mm-hmm. So like I said, at first they were wondering if Thang did it, but then, um, Wendy being killed, that kind of, you know, put a little bit of a twist there. Well, she had filed a harassment report in May of the same year. Okay. And she was receiving phone calls from a man she knew, but police considered her situation as non-threatening and vague. Where have we heard that before? Right. But they did clear him. So they checked into him. Sure enough, he he was cleared. He didn't have anything to do with it. I would like to understand what this whole vague and business is. And non-threatening means. Yeah. I guess 
maybe it, let me just give it a shot. Let me just give a whirl of what it yes. means. All right. <laughs> With your cocktail is <laughs> swirling. It probably means that to them, Vegas, they don't describe in detail how they're going to kill you. Then ask more mm-hmm. questions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me maybe is vague. Well, maybe or they ask more questions. Vague. Mm-hmm. Let's find out, Mom. I'll ask. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, we had some questions. Sherry just took yet. that as a shot, man. <laughs> She's getting irritated <laughs> over here. It's delicious. Okay, so it left a ton of suspects. You've got residents. Mm-hmm. You have service workers. You got people around the vicinity, you know, because it's busy. They're big apartments, too, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maintenance crews, subcontractors. So people were scared. Uh, Dee Anderson, she was a spokesperson for the Arlington Police, said that women would go home, lock themselves in their apartment, in, into their apartments, and they wouldn't open the doors to anybody. Good. Others carried butcher knives. Mm-hmm. Um, they would search their closets, cabinets, and under the beds when they got home, and a lot of them moved out in spite mm-hmm. of the lease agreements. I would have moved out. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. After the first one. Mm-hmm. Or be sure I had my gun on me at all times. If but there were one. teachers. I mean, they may not have had the money to just, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them probably didn't have the money to leave. Kind of like mm-hmm. yeah. in the um, the Phantom Killer, you know, they had to stay at home, but they would rig up the, oh, yeah, the pots and, and the glass yeah. and all that yeah. to make a noise. <laughs> With um, the nails. Yes. That was That's pretty bright. Hurt. I know. Step on it. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> Tammy Walpole, she was a resident at the time. She said, it gives me the creeps. I see these locked security gates around the complex. Mm. And all I can think is we're not locking the evil out. We're locking him inside with us every night. Oh, Excellent wow. statement. I didn't know it was a locked apartment community. Yeah. And that's why it was considered well, so safe. You know, because it was locked, and so you didn't yeah. have to worry about, you know, people getting in, or at least it would deter them more. Yeah. Um, but back, know. well, now it's, it is, those gates shut quicker, and it is harder to get through it. Get through it. What's and Sherry just not only made sure she finished up mm. her shot, but also that cherry that she mm. worked very hard to get out of the glass <laughs> so delicious. without her hands. I didn't um, remember the gate. Yeah, I but, um, huh? I think I'm good. Mm. Well, have Delish. your cherry. My okay. hands are clean. Oh, now, I don't care. It's alcohol. It'll wash, it'll get all the germs away. They had okay. dozens of mm. investigators. They had three homicide detectives mm. working uh, on the murders. <laughs> good. They canvassed all the appointments. They collected forensic ev- evidence, and they ran the fingerprints, and nothing came back at all. They compared notes across state lines looking for similar cases, which I don't know if they had Vicam then, uh, the database of of violent crimes that are unsolved. I don't know if they had that, um, but they they were working. They also consulted with FBI behavioral and analysts, and they chased every single lead, but everything went cold, but none of them forgot about it either. Well, then 1999 arrives. I'll go ahead. Um, I know that when I lived in the Arlington area, pretty close to that, right, Randall? Well, mm-hmm. you knew where I lived when I was younger, Randall, Randall Mill, Mill area. Mill, yeah. yeah, it was high crime. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that particular area, but I believe most of Arlington has its share of crime. Okay. 
So in uh, February 23rd, I think it's interesting, some of our cases have been in February, and that's right. when we're recording. Oh. In 1999, a man wearing a stocking over his face entered the bedroom window of a sorority house on the UTA campus. A sorority house. Which isn't far from there. Okay. No. It's off of... It's by Mom's Alterations. Collins, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, right yeah. that street, right down the street from it. Mm-hmm. He raped and beat... Chima, I think is how you say her name, Benson, a student at gunpoint. He forced her to perform oral sex, and she bit him hard. Nice. Yeah, good. What? That's just, you know, I'm sorry. Hold on. We need to pause. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And I'll be clean. So, (laughs) although, anyway, um, (laughs) my words will be clean. (laughs) Okay. So, I... Do not understand when I hear um, uh, perpetrators Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. making their victims perform oral sex because they would have a nubbin. Yes. I I don't understand. Yeah. Wouldn't they be scared? I think that... You okay, Sherry? No, I'm watching my sister. She's being interesting i think that maybe they think the victims are too scared to do anything especially like if you have a gun at your head you know that the trigger might go off but this lady china excellent she um is gorgeous she's uh, actually famous she's been on some uh tv shows and things like that i love her shoes yeah she um Mm -hmm. bit him really really hard so then he severely beat her raped her again and left her incapacitated oh. in the bedroom floor. Okay, so mm, I I feel like drug use may have been involved, but Maybe. she wasn't in the bedroom. Well, no, because you. Um, go ahead. And that's her too. She's gorgeous. Oh, I um, love those lips. So on October twenty sixth, after Chimo was attacked, the attacker entered Adrian Fields' apartment, and I couldn't find a picture of her. She was twenty two. In Northwest Grand Prairie, through the sliding door. Okay, we went that way. Okay, he Not covered his far. head with a stocking. He ran at her and jumped on her bed, which I cannot imagine what you'd be thinking if you're in the safety of your bedroom and you see someone running at you mm. with a stocking. Um, the fact that he's wearing a stocking well doesn't necessarily mean he didn't want the victims to see him. Could be that he doesn't want um, DNA. No, um, witnesses, potential witnesses. Well, and I see. do think that the stalking is to prevent the victims from being able to ID him later. They would have some idea, but it'd still be pretty distorted, I think. But if it's depending a, on the stalking, if it's the same man, yeah, he that killed was my two thought. of them. Yeah, so he probably wouldn't have left a victim if it was the same guy, which we know it was, but um. So what are y'all saying? I don't understand. No, it's just, so I guess my thought is that he killed the first two. Yeah. These, he appears just to be raping and attacking, mm-hmm. wearing a stocking. Mm-hmm. And not killing Rather them. than potentially um, intending to kill, to them? kill them. Oh, oh okay. Maybe so, he yeah. did that so they he wouldn't they wouldn't know it was him. Right. The, so maybe in the first two murders, uh-huh. he didn't wear a stocking. And he might have wanted to kill, but he may not have liked the heat mm. that was on him, or he may not have liked so the idea of killing him. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, now, she heard the swish, swish, swish sound of someone approaching her in time to see him coming. He held her at gunpoint and raped her for about 30 minutes. Adrian's noticed several things. 
He had a considerable knot on his penis. <laughs> he was Love not it. circumcised. He wore a stocking. He was a black man in his 20s or 30s with light to medium skin tone between 5'9 and 6 foot. Wow. And weighed 180 to 210 pounds. Yep. Okie dokie. What was her profession? um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was stocky with a protruding stomach, close cut hair, and no facial hair. He had a silver semi-automatic handgun, and he knew the Grand Prairie victim by name. Oh. And she felt that she had seen him in the area. He'd say things like, the devil keeps making me do it. You Mm. are not like the others. You're making me feel bad. Oh, so he knew her. Yeah, and she is extremely detailed. Yeah, that's why I wondered what her profession was. Okay, so um, Chima is a freelance journalist. Um, I forgot I had this on there, and she was on the reality show Big Brother. Okay. Yeah, so... um, Real Housewives of Atlanta? So from, okay, obviously she thinks she saw, you know, she's seen the perpetrator before. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're not like the others. You're making me feel bad. I'm really curious what she was doing. Yeah. uh, To to have that effect on him. But from her attack and Chima's attack, at this point, they're like, okay, he's definitely studying his victims. Mm -hmm. And he's getting their habits. He's getting their routines. He knows when to attack. But what they found out, um, and I'm not sure if it was DNA, I think so, but they they connected the rapist with the killer of Wendy and Christine. So they're recognizing, wow, we have the same guy here. And, it, and obviously he's not killing these. Um, also, all four attacks, uh, including the murders, so you have the two rapes, the two murders, were within a 10-mile uh 10 square mile area mm-hmm. and the first Excuse two me. they left fingerprints so he might have mm-hmm. connected with fingerprints maybe. oh that's true yeah mm-hmm. that's true and then there weren't any connections between the victims so that was a dead end and detectives couldn't figure out okay why did he go from murder to sexual assault because usually yeah. you go from sexual assault mm-hmm. to, murder. to murder so that was kind of weird um, and some think that maybe it wasn't as sexually satisfying to have to kill them too. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that are killers, they quit because it's distasteful or they don't like all that heat on them because a murder just takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. But they wondered if maybe that was what was going on and he didn't like the risk or he didn't like killing. But what they did is Adrian's description um, they were able to release a graphic physical description and they hoped someone would come forward because, you know, she was detailed. 
Unfortunately, nothing happened until the summer of 2000 when they resubmitted a really nice thumbprint from Wendy's TV stand to the FBI recently enhanced automated fingerprint identification system. TV stand? Okay. Mm -hmm. And the fingerprint match Del Devin Chanette, 27. So that's him. Mm-hmm. <coughs> that tickle in my throat. Sorry, guys. Don't mean to be coughing in your ear. Man. He so there's like the neighbor have. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't look at all. Look creepy. Yeah. And that's the thing. They don't. No. I mean, it's rare. Every once in a while, you have someone. But well, the one eh. last night looked creepy. I say, eh. Okay, so how, <laughs> how was he in the FBI? Um, okay, guys, we had to have a little break because I was coughing my head off. Don't know why. Hopefully everything Pre- will be good from now on. Prepare to do the homelick if need be. Yes. At least you get help. Anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> so the fingerprints, they were in the system after he was erased, erased, arrested in DeSoto, Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. How Not far away far. is that? Um, Within an hour? Yeah, about 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. By Duncanville, up that way. It was at an electronics store in 1999. So they get him arrested. I guess maybe he was thieving. What if it was Radio Shack? Sorry. Those are old. Maybe. Electronic source. Okay, go ahead. Maybe. And then after they got the match, they got a a warrant to arrest him and take a saliva sample. Mm -hmm. So his DNA matched the sperm sample from Wendy, and his fingerprint and DNA matched Christine's crime scene. Okay. They also found out that he lived at the Pear Tree Apartments Mm -hmm. when Christine was murdered, but he moved out shortly after he killed her, and then he went back to kill Wendy. So what do you think about that? So he knew him then? I don't know if he knew him. I don't think so. But I'm wondering, like, he must have already spotted the two victims. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he had to go back and get Wendy. Yeah. There was a desire there. Yeah. They needed to fulfill. Yeah. They discovered that he was living with a girlfriend in central Arlington, Neighbors said that he was odd. He didn't have a job. He mm. rarely left the duplex, and he never waved back at waved back at neighbors. <laughs> but the fact that he wanted to go back and kill at the apartments again that that tells me he had a type, and he targeted. It could be anything from their size that he felt he could manage them. Because if he's between five ten and six foot, he's small. And by the picture, you can tell he does look like he's small. And typically. Um, men that are smaller, I'm going to close that one. Um, they like smaller victims. Okay. Well, I don't know what I did with him. Oh, he's in the, the Google. <laughs> my coughing must have messed up my and brain it's activity. Dangerous to move out. And then you have to either walk or drive back mm-hmm. with lots of witnesses, leave your car, kill someone, get back in. You know, yeah. that sort of. Yeah. Raising. You've been gone a while yeah. and that, like you, uh, you know, People about witnesses mm-hmm. be like, why is he back? Or maybe they didn't know he left because it's a pretty large complex. Mm. And so they may not have yeah. thought twice that they saw him. And by the way, this is Adrian. I thought that was her. So she's the one that got the information. And if I'm not mistaken, I think she was a Christian. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh. if I'm not mistaken. And that's what, and she was asking him questions like, why would you do this? You know, like, did 
was your mom you know, mean and blah, blah. So I watched a show on it and I think that's what happened, but I could be wrong. But yeah, she, she definitely, you know, was very proactive. And he's brave too, because they were just months in between. So everyone at the apartment could have, I mean, you know, are watching everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, how far did he live from the apartments once he moved? I don't know. It just says Central Arlington. So I wonder if he lived at the Grapevine one. I mean, Grape, uh, um, Grand Prairie ones. That, yeah, but that's not considered Arlington. Pretty close. I mean, it's close. It's right there. further. Yeah, go ahead. Because right I'm wondering why he chose those apartments. Right well, he lived there for the first kill. Yeah, and then I think he just targeted Wendy, and he was going to go after her. Mm. I think he was yeah. probably obsessing about her because it was. Remember, the first murder was September. The next one was December twenty fourth, twenty fifth. So, no, I'm sorry. What I meant was after he moved out. Um, I was wondering where he moved to and if he moved to those Grand Prairie ones where he the other two victims were, right? Oh. oh. Um Okay, so one was in a sorority house oh, that's on right. the UTA campus. Okay. And then the other one was in the northwest Grand Prairie. Okay. But obviously he, he spotted them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which is it's important to pay attention to mm-hmm. your surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's it's important to, you know, Notice the cars behind you. Like there was one behind us for a long time yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was watching. And anytime you change lanes, it was right there. So I'm like, all right, I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep an eye on it. And I think I told you, mm-hmm. if he turns with us, you know, yeah, we're going right. to we're we're taking need care to pay of business. Attention. When I was um, interviewing uh, Nick on Lunch with a Killer, uh, after the show, we were busting out laughing because we started talking about, you know, like, we're very aware of our surroundings. I was telling them that I always pay attention to cars mm-hmm. behind me and all that. And then I said, you know, I wonder if anybody else does this. I said, when I'm behind a car too long, I'm like, do they think I'm following them? I never think and that. And he goes, me too. <laughs> so he'll like turn off on purpose yeah. or he'll be like, you know, like we want to make sure they know we're not following. Now you. that's weird. Yeah, that's I, a little weird. And I said, "Well, what's funny is they probably don't gesture. even know. Right. Or they probably aren't even paying attention. We're the only ones thinking. <laughs> okay, do they think I'm following them? I said, I've done the same thing. I'll turn it off when I don't need to because I don't want them to think that I'm following them. But a lot anyway, of people and don't pay attention either. I'll drive by someone; they're on the phone mm-hmm. putting makeup on. Mm-hmm. One guy was reading a book. Wow. Oh, yes. I've seen that. It's crazy. I've seen that. Um, and along the lines of being aware of your surroundings, if you see an individual that you've seen a couple of times, and make note of people, oh, yeah. especially if they are looking at you or they're getting a little too close to you or you have that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Had that happen a few times. Well, like that Walmart time where that guy was on every aisle I went down. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I had an experience in Aldi. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yep. I'm going to have to get help to get out to the car. Yeah. And then um, there was something else that... Yeah, don't be afraid to ask in any store. Yeah. Security or managers well, will walk you yep. out. My husband got on to me. He's like, call me. You well, know? by then it might be too late by No, because I would have stayed in the car. Oh. So he said, call me. I will go to the front door. Yep. I'll beat the hell out of whoever's following you around, and then yep. we'll go home. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't even... Even think yeah. about it. So when I was, but when we were walking out of Walmart with my, you know, companions, the employees helping me, I'm like, yeah, 
you know, I probably have a better chance than these guys do. <laughs> yes. Um, but I felt like those slow More motion numbers. shows where everybody's walking, yeah. you know, the you know music the in the background. Like a, someone falling off a roof. Yes. Oh. I had yes. Um, my Aldi experience. I had the manager and there was, he was the only person working that mm-hmm. Sunday morning and I had him walk me out and he was happy too. And there was no one else in the store yeah. to um, check, out, check people. out people. Yeah. Wow. So I'm thinking that probably at some point he spotted his victims, he followed his victims, he got their habits and routines, yeah. which tells me he's he's spending quite a bit of time or he before work. he attacks. Right. And again, sorry, that going area. back mm-hmm. to being aware of individuals you see that's often. I, yeah, that's why I was saying that oh, because, okay. you know, you shouldn't see the same people that no. are strangers everywhere you go. Yeah. And that would definitely be a red flag. Okay, so I love Adrian. She is obviously um, a very intelligent person and was able to lead to his arrest. He was charged with both murders September 2000 and convicted of capital murder of Christine in 2003. And he received the death penalty. Yay, Texas. Yay. He had other charges <laughs> waiting in case they lost that case yep. or in case he didn't get the death penalty. Um, his defense did not present any evidence or witnesses because they didn't have any. Yeah. Whoa. The jury heard from five of his victims. So I only okay. know of two that are alive. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so I, uh, during the punishment state uh, phase, two women assaulted in 1999. So the college student and Adrian and then mm-hmm. three other women from Lancaster, Texas. Lancaster. Oh. So where's that at? When you, that's over towards Dallas. That's where the vet, uh, Veterans Hospital is. So how far right away from Arlington is it? Oh, 30 minutes tops, yeah, 30, 30, 40. So he had about probably, what, a 50-mile radius mm-hmm. where he I was say so. getting these people. Okay. One was raped in her apartment September 21st, 1998, and the other October 2nd, 1998, only yards away. Wow. So a uh, month later? Yeah. Okay. So he did the first murders at the end of 1996, mm-hmm. and then he rapes in 98 and 99. So in 97, he either had a cooling off period because he felt that he was too hot to do anything and get in trouble, or they weren't aware and they don't know if he committed any crimes yeah. in 1997. They might not have recorded yeah. it, you know. But I'm thinking mm. that if any one suspected like you know a lot of victims will come forward once they get the person Mm -hmm. that maybe if they saw it on the news because it was a big deal it was that they might have come forward so i don't know it is interesting he killed first yeah it is instead of rape one of the victims was a police officer oh shanette cut her phone lines removed her cell phone battery took four hundred dollars cash and threatened her family he said that he knew where they lived and he was going to take her sidearm but the officer said she would have to report it missing unless he gave it back to her. So he did. So smart. And then she uh, left her apartment. She got out. And then she called 911 from a funeral home that was nearby. And then finally, the other one was on uh, December 18th, 1998. He broke into an apartment and forced the victim to again um, perform oral sex with her two-year-old in the room. <sighs> So the child's wow. crying, pulling Disgusting. at his legs, trying to get him two years old away from the mom. And so it distracted him. So she opened the front door 
and screamed, and then he fled. So these are all in fall, September to December. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Poor two-year-old. All five testified of being severely beaten, his aggressive chattiness, the fact that he knew their names, threatened their families, and called himself, quote, a jack-of-all-trades. Police believe that he does have more victims out there. Yeah. They've just not been able to find them. Now, he has exhaust, exhausted all of his appeals. Nice. He was executed by lethal injection February 10th, 2009. February 10th. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Relatives of both Christine and Wendy did witness his death. His last meal was mm. two spicy fried leg quarters, french fries, ketchup, and two spicy fried pork chops. His last statement was, quote, My only statement is that no cases ever tried have been error-free. Those are my words. No cases are error-free. wonder what that means. Do you think that that's um, uh, an in-your-face to the um, state and the um, law enforcement that there's more? Could be. Oh, yeah, more. Mm -hmm. But one of the victims asked why he did these things, and I think it was Adrian the one that made him feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. But he said, I'm just mad at the world. That was his yeah, I wonder why. I wonder what his upbringing was, if he was from here. Or... I'm mad at the world, so I murder and rape. And yeah. But we have a twist. Oh. The first twist. Tell I'm about to twist. deliver. Oh, perhaps that's the error. So Adrian yeah. Fields is his last known victim before he was caught. Mm-hmm. 19 years later, she shared her experience at the time. She said that she remembered watching the news about the murders of both Christine and Wendy and a strange feeling washed over her. She said, I'm next. <gasps> I just knew it. I can't explain it. She was so sure and felt that she was being followed that she moved to Grand Prairie and told friends that she was moving because, quote, he's going to get me. Wow. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I, I believe I know why. She got that, but um, did she live in the same apartments? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But and she then, moved, so he was stalking her. She felt like she was being stalked. I'm yeah. assuming she lived in Arlington. So that gut feeling. And she had that gut feeling. She said, I just had this crazy feeling that he was going to get me. And sure enough, on October 26 at 3 a.m., he did. You got to always listen to your gut. <laughs> yeah. She said, I hear this swish, 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 you know, that sound. I turned over slowly, and as I turned over, here's this guy with a stocking on his head running towards me. Now, she didn't at the time know that he had murdered two women. Yeah. He jumps on the bed, and he covers up my mouth, and he puts a gun in my back, and he says, do you feel that? And I said, yes. And he says, if you keep screaming, I'm going to hurt you. She didn't know him, but he knew her. He knew my name, and I'm like, oh, my God, how does this guy know me? Uh, Police later thought that he stalked his victims after seeing them at nightclubs where he was a bouncer. Oh. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That'd be good how he knew the names. I mean, that'd be good. Now, he targeted his murder victims because he lived there. Yeah. But the rest of the victims were from nightclubs, they think. Uh Um, the gun to the back, it's a circular, it's round. So that one case, with, um, the circular McNaughton. one, yes, mm-hmm. I bet he had a gun then depending on the size, but I, that, I've been like obsessing because I'm trying to figure out how he got her. Yeah. Yes. Burns on yeah. the carpet wouldn't be perfectly. Uh-uh. No. Okay. Go ahead. 
He raped her for two hours. <laughs> I remember he said, the devil keeps making me do it. And he said, you're not like the others, Field said. And that's when I realized he'd done it before. Mm. He was getting ready to leave when she said, oh, my God, you've done this before. Oops. He stopped in midstream, yes. pushed me back in the back of the head down to the floor. At that moment, the victim says she started to pray, thinking she's going to die. And she said, oh, Lord, please forgive me of all my sins tonight. If I die tonight, I just want to go to heaven. Don't let my life have to end. Adrian said that she doesn't know what made him change his mind and leave versus killing her. Then, when the police matched the DNA to the murders, she said it all made a lot of sense, and she lost all sense of security. Like, even though he was caught, she just, her whole world, you know. Uh, She'd wake up all night afraid he was coming back. Uh, She'd get up and check the windows, the doors, go downstairs, upstairs, check the back, make sure the alarm was set. She lived without any peace until they finally, you know, caught him. So, but even after she was a little bit nervous, um, he was executed on her birthday. Oh, whoa! When was her? Oh, yeah, February tenth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she suffered from depression, divorce, and self doubt. She had uh, survivor's guilt. Why didn't he kill her? You know why? I mean, she felt unworthy because the other two were killed. But she decided to start telling her story and launched a website to empower women. She said, you don't have to feel like you're alone and you don't have to feel like life is over because things happen to you. And her website is uh, ripthebandage.com or .wixsite.com. And Say it I'll, again. Uh, ripthebandage.wixsite.com. And I'll have the link in the show notes. Okay. To hear and see these women talk about these events, quite honestly, I hope I never get exposed to something like this again, said Greg Miller, the Tarrant County District Attorney who prosecuted him. I will never forget him, but most importantly, I will never forget the seven women. Shanette was, quote, criminally sophisticated, meaning that he stalked his victims and then he planned his actions. Yeah. Now the second twist. Oh. And this is the most horrible. Um, Wendy's mother... So the second victim at Pear Tree mm-hmm. had been murdered when she was only three. Oh. And her murder might actually be the work of a serial killer and is still unsolved. Oh. So the possible serial killer's area was along I-35. Uh, it was between 1977 and 2003. The sus- uh, suspe- suspected victims are Aura Lee Prescott. So that's her mom. She was found choked to death in Sycamore Park in Fort mm-hmm. Worth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. June 4th, 1977, Wendy said that she always lived in fear and that she too would be murdered. Six days before my birthday. Uh, Margaret Maxill dropped off her three children at her parents' home and was never seen alive again. On December 11th, 1980, a man walking his dog found her body in a ravine parallel to Spur 280 near downtown Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go by there. Uh, She was raped, beaten, and strangled. She fought her killer, and there was skin under her nails. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they'll they'll get this guy. Sycamore isn't far from here off 35. not at all. Joplin K. Jones was found across the street from Hamilton Elementary School on January 7th, 1982. And then 10 days later, Karen Annette Strong, a 19-year-old, was found in a grassy ravine on East Cypress Street in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. So you know where it's at? Potentially west side. I'm not sure. Maybe. Sounds familiar. 
On March 22, 1982, 17-year-old Angela Lionel Jones was found in a creek near 2100 East Richmond Avenue in Fort Worth. She had been asphyxiated. On November 7th of 83, Sandra Bush, 21-year-old, left home around 6.45 p.m. driving her 1979 Chevy Monte Carlo and never returned. Her family reported her missing. Her vehicle was found November 18th of 83 near a bar close to 25th and Refugio Avenue. I know where 25th is. Okay. Two hunters found her body on January 2nd, the following year of 84, in the 4800 block of Decatur Road. Yeah. And she'd been strangled. These poor hunters. Lorraine Larkin was reported missing August 25, 1980. Her body was found September 27, 1980 at the 4800 block of East Berry Street in a vacant shopping center. Her death was blunt force trauma. Marilyn Hartman, a 29-year-old, was a school teacher at Stripling Middle School in mm-hmm. Fort Worth. Friends went to her home on October 19th of 84 to visit, but she was found strangled with electrical cords and men's ties. On March 11th, 92, Trina Lane, 23, was reportedly missing by her mother. Her vehicle was found abandoned behind a butcher shop at 4106 Mansfield Highway. Mm -hmm. She had been strangled. 38-year-old Patricia Gale Jackson was found strangled September 3rd, 1995 in a vacant lot at 500 Precinct Line Road in Fort Worth. That's Mm-hmm. And the final victim was Cynthia Miles, found dead at Regency Apartment Complex, May 14, 2003. She was 23 years old and was killed in front of her two small children. They lived with their dead mother's corpse for two days. Oh, oh, if you, you have you any information okay. on these cases, please call Crime Stoppers at 817-469-8477. So they think all these murders were by another person that's never been caught? Mm-hmm. Poor babies. Wow. Um, those were all within what, maybe 15 miles of one another mm-hmm. okay. tops, mm-hmm. tops. Well, and killers, rapists, they do like to be in an area that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Wow. So y'all had a serial killer. I mean, I don't know if he's still alive, but y'all, y'all had a serial killer. I'm yeah. surprised they didn't catch him by now. Actually, y'all had several. DNA. Right. Yeah. We have DNA. How I, many victims were there again? Let me count them. Cause I didn't do it. Yeah. Number list. Yeah. One, two, three, four, Those 11, poor babies. Eleven. Yeah. Wow. So just one more time, if you know anything about these cases, or if you want to stir some things up and maybe get the DNA that was found um, under Margaret Maxwell's or Maxell's uh, fingernails, she's the December eleventh, nineteen eighty victim. Um, call Crime Stoppers eight one seven four six nine eighty four seventy seven. And she was. Uh, I want to say Wendy's mother. No, that was Aura, the first Aura. victim okay. they found. Okay. Um, and ni- so she was a first victim, 1977, all the way up to 2003. I'm surprised they didn't run the DNA. They I probably know. did, but I mean, even now. And I looked at the cases. They're not solved. So I don't know why not. Um, maybe there was too little. But with technology today, they do not need a lot. And they can also do the ancestry. Or they put cold cases up and just... You know, other cases come. Occultism. I mean, well, that's a big part of it. Crime area. Yeah. And you have to have like a, especially, you know, in the area that's so large, you have to have dedicated cold case mm-hmm. detectives. And I'm assuming this area has them. But to me, any case that has DNA, priority. Yeah. Immediately. I agree. You know. So, yeah, that that's a pretty long run, though. 
And it's sad because the survivors will, you know, they might be dead, the parents by now, and we'll Mm -hmm. never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is sad. Yeah. But yeah, there were a couple interesting twists. Um, The one with Adrian knowing she was next was like, what? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Wendy thinking she'd be, and she actually thought she would be murdered by the one who killed her mom. Oh. You know, because she was so little. Oh, I missed that. She yeah. felt like she was going to be murdered. Yeah, she felt she was going to be murdered by the same person who killed her mom, and then she ended up murdered. Ugh. So when you think about the fact that she's living at the apartment, she has a feeling she's going to be murdered because her mom was, Yeah, and she still stayed. And there was no forced entry. Now, that's interesting. So I'm thinking it's like, you know, you said where it was that time. But mm. I'm thinking in a, a a very highly populated area, you know what I mean? That you're gonna lock your doors. And besides, in the '90s, wouldn't you? I think you locked them a lot more than you would in the '60s, '70s, '80s. So it could know. be something where um, he waited for them to come <clears throat> home and forced them into the house. Or they recognized yeah. him from the complex because he lived there. Yes. And he said he was a jack of all trades. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Or he, he broke trade himself. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Poor thing. So why do you guys think he went from killing to raping? I don't know. Which is usually backwards. I can't get it. Yeah. Cause Aside rape's from usually, it was. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Rape's usually first in the escalate. So I don't know. Aside from the fact he didn't like it or it was not intended to go that way but two of them the same way. And we're confident this is the same. Oh, yeah. It's the same guy. DNA proved it. Fingerprints. Hmm. Yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah I don't I'm know. thinking it was the um, high risk, and I, I think he didn't have really a taste for murder. I think he would have continued, but he just didn't have a taste for it. But if Adrian hadn't started praying, she might have been a victim. Yeah, Because she said that. Yeah. Yeah. I but, wouldn't have said a word, I don't think. Man, I'd be quiet as a mouth. Well, she, she seemed sort of unique, yeah, right? Good for her. Mm-hmm. All the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah, for she her. Did good. So that concludes our, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, mini-series. Our mini-series. Oh, no. Are you holding and, it up? Um, we already know it. Don't stop so, it. Oh, no. For three and a half years, I've well, had to live with the torture. So <laughs> We know it now, though. All right. We're ready. <laughs> be rude my sister's over there pouting let me get a picture i'm not pouting i'm being defiant i'm, I'm ignoring the that I'm put it on I put it on uh instagram well i already said mine side view. i already said mine all right so the people are waiting be smart <laughs> be rude and don't be a victim baby sisters let me tell you guys it's crazy <laughs> Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? (laughs) 